We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast, and this week presented by BetOnline.ag and Indeed. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Joining me today, returning to Big Screen Sports, he is joined to talk Major League, Major League Two, and Swingers. He is the host of USA Baseball's Covering the Bases podcast, and as a new project he is about to tell you about right now, it is my buddy Darren Vaught. Darren, thanks so much for returning to Big Screen Sports. Yeah, always a pleasure, man. I, I like being a, a regular. It's a good feeling for this this sort of thing. I believe you are now the third member of the Four Timers Club. It is you, Mike Schubert, and New York Times bestselling author Jeff Perlman. I, dude, that's I'll take it. To be in any kind of company with with Perlman and and what I know of Schubert, he's a swell guy too. Um, Both great guys. Yeah. To be to be in that company, I'll take it and run with it. That's fun. That's a that's a, a fun thing to think about. Well, Darren, you've got one of my favorite baseball interview series uh, covering the bases. It's fantastic. But tell me about your new project that drops this week. Yeah. So this week we are debuting the Tubby Smith Show. In addition to my work with USA Baseball, uh, I'm also the play-by-play voice for High Point University men's basketball, and Tubby Smith is their head coach, which is funny because, you know, you talk to casual college basketball fans, and they might not realize that, and and they say, you know, that Tubby Smith? I'm like, yes, the Tubby Smith that won a national championship in 1998 with the Kentucky Wildcats. High Point University in High Point, North Carolina is actually... Tubby's alma mater. He played there uh, way back in the late 60s, as a matter of fact. So a couple of years ago, he came back home. He and his wife, Donna, are, are back in High Point, North Carolina, which is where they met. Actually, Donna was a cheerleader at High Point. Uh, it's an adorable story. Uh, so t- Tubby wants to do this podcast where 
basically we just we call up his coaching friends and talk about coaching and this was an idea even pre-covid and it's turned into this really cool series of interviews i think that uh that that people will will enjoy because for the most part it's it's and tubby's creeping up on 70 years old he's never experienced an off season like this this off season was and neither of his coaching colleagues so it's turned into some really insightful stuff um, we're releasing the pirate pilot on Friday. That's just going to be me and him sort of catching up. I'm uh, talking to him about what, what's been going on at high point and how they've dealt with things. And then, you know, we, we start to get the, the big school, small school comparisons. Roy Williams is going to be a guest for one of these. Uh, Rick Barnes is, is one of our first interviews and he and he and Tubby go way back because they played against each other in what was called at that time, the conference Carolinas. Barnes played at Lenore Rhine in North Carolina. And they're, I mean, they're like friends, you know, it's, it's, there's a difference between just being coaching buddies and, and being friends. These guys go way back and it, it was a lot of fun. Um, some other stuff too, you know, uh, Dave Odom used to coach Wake Forest men's basketball. And um, he actually now <laughs> runs the Maui Invitational. Oh, that's a nice gig. Yeah. No, it's a great gig for, for Dave. And, you know, we talked to him because he had to move an entire tournament. You know, that's, that's not being played in Maui this year. They moved it to Asheville, North Carolina. So a, a really cool conversation that's, that's going to come out with him just being about the logistics of it all, not to mention the old coaching stuff as well that they catch up on. So the Tubby Smith Show, it's going to be wherever you get your podcasts um, with – legendary men's basketball coach of High Point University, Tubby Smith, and me and and occasionally dropping in with a question or two. I'm telling dude, Kyle, easiest money I've ever made in my life doing this podcast. Because we just, love easy money. <laughs> we love easy money because it's just me sitting with Tubby. We get another coach on the phone. I bring it in, right? It's, oh, hey, it's Tubby Smith show. Get us started. What's like one question? You'll roll it out there. And then they're going to pick it up and, and go. And who am I to interrupt the likes of Tubby Smith, Roy Williams, and others, right? Well, Darren, you're going to have to earn the zero dollars you're making for today's pod. A little, <laughs> a little more. I'm going to need a little more out of you. No, I'm today, ready. I'm, knuckles cracking. And uh, we're good. Yeah. T- we're, today to we're going to do a fun one. Uh, we're going to talk about our three best sports movie villains. There's a lot of sports movie villains out there. This Making this list was a lot more difficult than I thought when I texted you about doing this. And from us talking before we started recording, I think you and I went about our list a, a little bit differently. How did you, without revealing who you picked, how did you go about, like, what did you put into value of what makes a, a good sports movie villain for you? Yeah, it, it's truly, um, I, I had a, a, I mean, obviously the, the, the big board that you start with is massive for this. So you have to create some kind of criteria. Um, you know, me as a guy who, who, likes old school literature. So sometimes when analyzing film, I kind of think in those terms. Uh, so, you know, you take into account the, 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 the true quality of the conflict in a, in a plot, in a plot line and, and that sort of thing. And then I think just like general wickedness and, and evilness has to play a big role. You need that. You need that in a villain. 
Um, I went with entertainment factor, and I I, I, I pulled it. from my big board because <laughs> I, I I we're gonna go over some honorable mentions. Like I I picked, you know, I had uh you know I have some intimidating ones. They're your classic, you know menacing villains but like i just went with like who do i love to see on screen who possibly steals the movie that was big for me because i think i picked three that you could argue steal the movie or at least steal every scene they're in so i went from you first who are your honorable mentions who did you do you want to shout out but did not get a ranking yeah and, and this one i almost feel bad for if my number one was not another Rocky villain, but Ivan Drago is only an honorable mention for an me. An iconic villain. Iconic villain. Um, says very little, right? Sort of has mouthpieces built in around him to where he doesn't need to say much, which is, you know, classic. We see it like in professional wrestling, for instance. I mean, Kane, everybody, everybody remembers Kane, and he was a great villain of a wrestler a great heel and he never never had to talk you know if you go back even more old school george the animal steals kind of just like the big the big oaf and jimmy hart did the talking for him in most cases in in the good storylines so that's what makes drago good um was the the economy with which he was used or his dialogue was used i think um i told i told you i i like to get a little analytical with these. I've got the beast from the Sandlot in Ooh. my honorable mentions. Ooh, because a heel turn at the end as well when he he's not actually the villain. Yeah. So and and really, it's just about what he represents throughout the the entirety of the movie up until that point, which is just the unknown to this group of kids who are scared, understandably, of what they're uncertain of. Um, so I had the beast from the Sandlot. And then the only like humorous one that I had in my honorable mentions or my top three, I think, although there's some, some humor uh, tucked in nicely into these roles, uh, White Goodman from Dodgeball, basically because he's Tony Perkis and Heavyweights isn't a sports movie to qualify. <laughs> we'll we'll get into White Goodman in, in a little bit. Wink, okay. wink. Uh, I I listed a lot of honorable mentions. There's a lot of ones I want to shout out, and just different kinds of villains. Uh, first and foremost, Ray the Racist from Remember the Titans Ooh. refuses to hear an audible. Gets gets Rev hurt. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't stand out enough in that movie to be worth ranking. But you have to shout out Ray the Racist. Um, this is a sneaky one. The entire Kinsella family, the main family, that is, uh, that is Ray and Annie, just basically Ray and Annie, uh, from Field <laughs> of Dreams, for making Mark the brother feel bad for not being able to see the ghost. I, like, the Kinsellas are low-key, like, dickheads. This is one of my, fav- my favorite takes I've developed doing this podcast. I, look, I um, talk in, in the context of sort of, like, traditional baseball opinions a lot just given my role with usa baseball and one of them that i defy frequently is that field of dreams is like this greatest baseball movie ever i I think people overhype it and i'm not saying necessarily that that's one of the reasons but i just it's not it's fine it's fine and See, people... I still like Field of Dreams, but especially when I did the rewatch for um, for the episode, 
that I did on it, I was just like, man, like Mark thinks his brother-in-law is going like crazy. I got, I feel for him. <laughs> like he's just trying to, he's just trying to have them not be foreclosed on and not have his sister go live on the streets. Like I, I respect right, he's, he's the one being practical. I have another one, and you're going to know exactly where I'm coming from when I list this. Ken Griffey Jr. from Little Big League. <laughs> uh, maybe the, the only time he was ever successfully pinned as the villain. Absolutely. I'm trying to think. Uh, unless, Absolutely. Yeah, because he was the opposition at the end of Summer Catch, which you know is a movie that I will just stand until the day I die. I know it. I know it. As awful as it is. Uh, he was the opposition when Ryan Dudd makes his major league debut, but he wasn't, you know, he was, it was the, the welcome to the big leagues moment. It's like a, Hey, I'm here to help ultimately. So no, nah, not the villain in that case, but yeah, little big league, the only time in his life, probably that Griff was ever a villain. <laughs> of course, except for like bad Reds fans who were mad that he was on the DL. He was probably a <laughs> villain. Uh, a couple more. Uh, Bob Sugar from Jerry Maguire, but also Jerry Maguire, who's like low key kind of a bad person, should not have gotten in that relationship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ernie, yeah, okay. Ernie McCracken from Kingpin, an all time Bill Ooh. Murray, probably a probably on Murray's Mount Rushmore, in my opinion. Man, that's it. I almost feel bad that I didn't even consider that. Wow, that's a good one. So um, good. The Soviet Union hockey team for Miracle. Just the intimidation factor. They are very Drago-like. Yeah, no, it's because it, it's almost. I mean, it, that's that was the intent of Rocky Four, right? Was to to sort of to 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 be the same dynamic because it's just it's the cheating Russians versus America in that case. So I I like that. That's good. Another yeah, another Cold War thing. Uh, Count Adamar from uh, A Knight's Tale. Which is Ooh. which is definitely a sports movie. We cover that. It def you know, right around the time you did the episode for that, I did a, a rewatch for the first time in a really, really long time. And I had forgotten how much I enjoyed that movie. It's it's still really good. And it's on Netflix right now. Everyone, if you have not seen it yet, go watch it, then go listen to the episode. Uh, I have two more. Darren, have you seen Warrior? The Gavin O'Connor MMA movie, Tom Hardy. Joel Edgerton, Nick Nolte. I don't think so. What's the What's the MMA movie that I have seen that was like you know mid two thousands? I was in high school. Um, it, it's not that one. That's my point. It's not that. Never back. Are down. you thinking is Never that Back what it was Down? Called? Yeah, yeah. Never it's back like down. the teen. So Warrior is fantastic. And when we finish this recording, I'm going to tell you. You need to go watch. You would. <laughs> okay. You would love love War. I have. I've spoke the praises of war. I covered it a couple months back with a dance stuff, formerly with the athletic. Uh, it is an excellent movie, but Koba, who is a, a fighter, a fighter from the USSR or fighter from Russia. Uh, at that point, uh, he played bringing by it Kurt, back. Yeah. Played, US versus Russia, bringing mm-hmm, it back, played by Kurt angle. Very intimidating. Uh, it's just an excellent movie. I just want to Kurt shout angle. Out okay. Yeah. How was, oh, yeah. How was he as a, not to make this the, the second episode for warrior, but how was Kurt angle? They didn't ask a lot. They asked him to be. It, it was a physical, physical yeah. role. They didn't. Okay. They didn't ask a whole lot from him. And since the character was Russian, Kurt Angle, famously American <laughs> Olympian, yeah. uh, I, I don't believe he spoke actually in the movie. But it, from an intimidation factor, it is a very, sure. it is a very good physical performance. All right. Uh, the final one I have is Ross the Boss Ray from Goon, played by yeah. Luke Schreiber. Yeah, I think I think uh, 
I, I don't put this movie way up there, especially in terms of, like, even in terms of, of hockey movies, but that's a good role for this list. 100%. Oh, I love Goon. I, I do, Goon I guy. do, but I don't know that it's a, I don't know that it's a classic. Like, even with hockey movies, I would put All the Mighty Ducks ahead of it. I would put Slapshot ahead of it. Um, I mean, it's just not, it wasn't an instant, I mean, it's more recent, of course, but it's, Miracle, of course, is is better uh, as a hockey movie. I, I like it. I just I don't I don't instantly think of it as uh, a classic. So it it doesn't necessarily come up immediately when you start having these conversations. Which is all to say, it's a good pick. I would probably I would put I would put Miracle definitely above it, just in terms of enjoyment. I would put Slapshot probably ahead of it, and then Mighty Ducks has the youth nostalgia pull. But I think I would rather watch Goon. At this point, okay. In my no, life. that's but, fair. Uh, that's fair. Incredible, yeah. Schreiber, incredible performance. Um, I've been on a big Schreiber kick lately between this and his performance in Spotlight. Like he's just makes yeah. me like feel like I need to start watching Ray Donovan. But uh, <laughs> Darren, let's take a quick ad break and then let's get back with our top threes. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try it Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is our best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Big Stream Sports is also brought to you by our old friends at BetOnline.ag. The wait is over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. Game spreads, totals, team player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can also get in on season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. And that stuff changes week to week, so that's always open. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire, betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back. It's time to get into to our top three list. Darren, I want to start with your number three. What is your number three top favorite sports movie villain? All right, this is this is the the analytical brain at work, as I alluded to. I've got Jake LaMotta from Raging Bull. You're and going is, super prestige with this. This I believe this will be the only <laughs> pick on our list where the role netted the actor a best actor Oscar. Yeah, well which wasn't even I- intentional, but I mean you know, it's it's the Scorsese flick, Jake LaMotta, his 1970 memoir and I just I love this movie and they've never no one's ever done a boxing movie like it 
sense from even from the perspective of just like the way they shot it and it being based on like the video shoot being based on what you see when you see old school boxing photos with like the the photographers ringside with their huge contraptions they've got the flash separately with it um which are you know they, they some of those have gone down as like the most historic photos in sports history so i i love the movie overall but de niro is jake lamada as as like the the protagonist but also his own worst enemy and it's incredibly poetic because his what makes him a great boxer is all of the things that make him fall short as a human being right uh and, and i just think it's beautifully done and that's my that's my one, i wanted to get poetic with one pick so that's that's my one and i've got jake lamada of raging bull at number three well it's very much the classic scorsese main character because, um, I mean, you could say the same kind of thing, Henry Hill and Goodfellas, like you are, you are following his story, you are, you're rooting, you're rooting for Henry Hill for the, even though you, you really shouldn't because Henry Hill is a scumbag, <laughs> but, right. but you're still like, you still, you know, and it's the same thing. So yeah, it's, it's a fantastic Perform. I mean, it is without a doubt the heaviest performance on either of our two lists. But I mean, y- you're right in that there has not been a boxing movie. And again, I'm going to say like you should watch Warrior because there's a little bit of the gruffness of Jake LaMotta in one of the carriers and war- characters in Warrior. Um, he does not have Jake LaMotta's. M- misdeeds i guess okay. is, is right. okay. definitely definitely a, a better person we'll just straight up say it but it, Got it very a lot of that a lot of that kind of role a great um a great hardy performance tom hardy but uh yeah i mean i i can't argue with this one and i i want to flip it to my number three because it couldn't be anything any less like raging bull uh it okay. is a man that you have previously mentioned in your honorable mentions it is is white goodman uh, okay. probably my favorite Stiller performance more than Zoolander, more than Tenenbaums. I don't know. Would you, I know you like Tony Perkis. Is that your favorite Stiller? I th- yeah. Cause I think white Goodman was just that later. So I, I was. recently, I recently watched Hubie Halloween and Stiller is in it at the very beginning, but he's basically the, the, uh, assisted living attendant from happy Gilmore. Right. And it's oh, kind that's of this, really good Stiller too. <laughs> yeah, which is also really good Stiller, but it was it was watered down, right? And uh, I, not that White Goodman. I don't know that watered down could ever describe White Goodman, but I think really for dodgeball, they just told Stiller, "Hey, you remember that Tony Perkis character that you did? Like, do that, but less, like, not as dark and more, more, more humorous." So um, I got kind of like into this. Perkins. I got kind of into this in the the dodgeball episode did with uh, Tim Miller a couple months back. Tim Miller, uh, notably, is a a political writer, was a GOP political operative. But we said that uh, White Goodman has a lot gives off a lot of Donald Trump Jr. vibes. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrified at how accurate that is. It really, but I mean, he is. He is insufferable, but kind of in the theme of my list, White Goodman 
Stiller in this movie, I think, wins every scene he is. And that is in part because when he and Vaughn share the screen in this movie, Peter LaFleur is just a much more low-key character. It is not... He doesn't have any of the Vaughn zaniness that you see in Old Schooler that you and I talked about in Swingers. So Stiller is getting to chew up that scenery and win those scenes. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It is by design, but I do like, I mean, I put him on my honorable mentions for a reason. Um, I, I do like White Goodman, and I find myself quoting White Goodman an awful lot just in, in everyday life. It, it's, the, the quotability of that movie is I think greater than you even remember if you if you you know take a few years in between watches. Um, if you haven't seen it recently, like go back and ask yourself like how many of these things do I just say on a regular basis? For for instance, I'll just give one. There's the White Goodman line, and it's a throwaway. It is it is not at all one of the ones. It's not you know fucking Chuck Norris or uh, nobody makes me bleed my own blood or anything like that. But he he walks into the uh, the concessions person or the vendor at the event and slaps the cup, the Pepsi cup, I think it is, from the bottom out of their hand and goes, "What the hell?" And I just I find myself saying it in in the key of White Goodman, "What the hell?" all the time. I was going to say that that was one of his more villainous moments, too, because that's probably like a $7 Pepsi at a sporting <laughs> event. I mean, yeah. he just, uh, he also gets someone fired from their job, which is which is horrendous. He is a yeah. generally terrible person. My, I think my favorite Goodman line is from the the opening of the movie that that commercial and it's the thing like we know that like ugliness and fat fatness or genetic traits much like baldness yeah. or necrophilia <laughs> which, which gets me every single time here at globo gym we understand that ugliness and fatness are genetic disorders much like baldness or necrophilia and it's only your fault if you don't hate yourself enough to do something about it so you went with uh, with a, a best best actor with an Oscar winner for your number three. I went with White Goodman. White Goodman. Darren, take us to your w- number two. W H I T E. I like to break a mental sweat too. Um. All right. Sorry. Did you ask for my number two? Your number two. Yeah. Okay. This is maybe the most horrible, horrible person of of all in any sports movie ever. And it's just, it's apt because of the the couple of episodes you and I have done previously of this fine podcast of yours. I've got Rachel Phelps from Major League. A terrible human. Horrible human. And, I mean, obviously, just, just demeaning and um, entitled and just with the worst intentions immediately right she buys the baseball team in cleveland or wants she to inherits the baseball team yeah, well, from she her, inherits her that's old dead even, husband even worse right inherits it and wants to move it inconsiderate of you know current players as we've talked about on on a podcast specific to major league like she ends up inviting all of these no name has-beens to spring training. Well, like, what the hell happened to the entire team that was on the roster before then? Assumedly, she just cut all of them. <laughs> and <laughs> so 
that's the start of it is she just cuts literally an entire baseball team to to invite some no-namers and uh it only gets worse from there she's the worst she's the worst and the thing is if she would have succeeded with her plan she would have headed down to Miami. The city of Miami apparently made a, a generous offer, which we all know now would have been a gigantic eyesore stadium that is screwing the taxpayers. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And and uh, with a construction out in center field that made it look like an amusement park, something you know akin to a, a Price is Right game out there. In, in the outfield that eventually would get torn down. I was but, about to say, um, I cannot remember, were you pro or anti Marlins home run statue? I largely indifferent just because I, I, I don't, I, I think you sort of, uh, it got to a p- point where you just sort of assumed failure for them. Like it, it, I mean, it was fine. It's quirky and it, it probably works if they, if they do well as a team and end up winning. Right. I, I think, there's pro- there's a lot that goes into that stuff that that is you know success is sort of built in but they they had become such a joke that there's no way that thing was going to recover absolutely not absolutely not but yeah that's a that's a good pick for your number 2 uh my number 2 the first of two in back-to-back golf villains is David Sims uh, played by Don Johnson who now at this point is just getting known as Dakota Johnson's father yeah. <laughs> uh, but the classic, and we, we kind of talked about this before we started re- recording, just about some professional golfers in general, and just especially in the 90s, the classic smarmy golfer. And he does <laughs> he does the ultimate pro athlete sin of refusing to sign an autograph for a kid right after he, he lights up his SIG after his post-round <laughs> interview and then gets in the ass of those grandparents who wanted an autograph for their kid. Excuse me, Mr. Sims. Excuse me. Would you mind giving our grandson an autograph? Can you people not see that I'm busy? I'm working here. This is my office. Do I come to your office and ask you for your autograph? I don't think so. Jesus, I'm an ugly dog. Just, uh, it, and one of the other bad things about David Sims is, is on the golf course, he's not a killer. So he's so talented, but like, he was the one who should have gone for the green on the last hole because he he was down a stroke. He had to birdie. Roy McAvoy only had it a par to go into uh, to to go into a playoff. And like everyone who's listening to this podcast knows how I feel about Roy McAvoy's decision to <laughs> not grow as a human being at all and and learn from anything. And his shitty ass girlfriend therapist. It just, anyways, David Sims needed to go for it, and he's not. He's not a killer. He's an absolute coward. I would have, he's the guy you just do not root for. Like, you just don't want him to win. I I should have thought of a comparison, a present-day comparison. (laughs) I don't really have one. There's not really a lot of golfers that I don't root for. Like, even, like, Bryson is is entertaining. All right, so Bryson DeChambeau is my guy, not to get in a, a tangent and he was long before he beefed up because I just like his, his approach and think it's, it's, I, I'm always intrigued by people who are trying to do things more logically than they have been done before. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pro Bryson. Is he Patrick Reed? Oh, okay. That's it. That, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've got it. That, that, that was perfect. That's that's the name I was looking for. Yeah, David Sims is Patrick Reed. That, that I think that like sums up that that sums him up. He's Patrick Reed. 
I like the pick because of how just how real it is, right? When you say smarmy pro golfer, you just it, I think people who know golf somewhat well, they just know. You just you just know, okay, that's the type of person I'm getting here. So I, I like that pick a lot. And David Sims is a guy who you could see having come on the scene like with a great Ryder Cup performance, kind of like Patrick Reed did. And then we get a couple years of exposure to him and we're just like, oh no, this guy, this guy ain't <laughs> Not it. Not him again. <laughs> this this guy ain't it. Uh, Darren, take us to your number one. Who's your number one sports movie villain? All right, this one I think was, was pretty easy. I, I alluded to having another Rocky villain as my number one. And it's, it's Clubber Lang as portrayed by Mr. T in Rocky Three. The little man don't want to come to me. Then I'll come to you people to lay out the truth. I am rank number one. One! That means I'm the best. But this bomb is taking the easy matches. Fight another bomb. I'm telling you and everybody here, I'll fight him anywhere, anytime, for nothing. Fight him, But you people ain't never gonna see it happen because he's gonna retire. You see, he don't fight no real man. He fight them set up. What? You're as disgraced to this sport. Shut up, old man. You and that chump don't know where to come from. Just the, the jerkiest of all jerks to ever grace the silver screen. I mean, he made it. Menacing. He, 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 he makes a pass at Adrian, right? Uh, gives Mickey a heart attack. And he's like screaming at an unconscious or, or close to it Rocky after just beating the shit out of him at one point. And he just, he just runs his mouth. The whole time, and you enjoy it. I think he fits both. He, a truly evil person, but for entertainment's sake, he 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 just took over every scene that he was in, it, it, despite it being Stallone's franchise. I mean, Clubber Lang dominated this film. He did. He is the the number one Rocky villain that you are. You're really geared up for Rocky to beat the shit out of him. Like Drago is a different kind of, and I mean, you know, did a lot of unpacking on this the past month doing Rocktober on this podcast, but Drago is more of like this immovable force and very much the, the metaphor of us versus the Soviet union and the cold war. He's a big metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. And he is more a tall, it's like a tall mountain to climb. Like, Oh, you know, and same with Apollo Creed in the sense of it is just going to be difficult. You're rooting for Rocky. Um, but it's, you know, it's going to be a tough battle. Clubber Lang, you're just like, Rocky, kill this motherfucker. <laughs> and it's just great. Like, and the, the funny thing is, Mr. T is also so likable. Like when you watch the like old A-Team episodes and stuff and just like, you know, all the pity the fool stuff that became a, an endearing thing. And it's funny to think that like he burst on because of this. Yeah, no, right. He's a. I mean, he's he's like a a pop culture sensation for everything opposite of this sort sort of. I mean, I guess there's there's just like a general. Um, I don't want to say it's unpleasantness to his demeanor because it actually it's what makes you like him. Um, he he just sort of parlayed being the bad guy to being like sarcastically loud and aggressive. And that's that's what makes him likable. Is that is that making sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing is, he gets so he does Rocky three, and then he gets the A team, and suddenly becomes a good guy right away. It's a, it's a really interesting heel turn because you could have seen him. 
like it's he could have been pegged as just a villain for the rest of the 80s and instead he's the you know the likable ba baracus on the a team man that's a great like if you want to do a what if episode i don't know who you from hollywood that you can hunt down from that time period but like what made you see mr t as clubber lang and think yeah, we're gonna we're gonna turn him into a good guy, right? Because you're right. He could have he could have been like that villain in every movie, sports or otherwise, for a a, a decade. That it's pretty that's, amazing that's how often you look in his IMDb, how often he is Mr. T. Like that's yeah, how often he just plays Mr. himself. As himself. <laughs> great, great stuff. Um, I want to wrap with my number one. Uh, you know, I alluded to having two golf two golf villains, um, someone who is legit, like just the best. I couldn't think of anyone better. Uh, someone who, who dominates the movie owns every scene he's in. It is obviously the one and only shooter McGavin played by Christopher McDonald, a career defining performance. People see Christopher McDonald and they're like, Oh, that's shooter McGavin. Well, it's a career dominating performance, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's the only thing anyone ever knows him, ever knows him for. Like if you see him in an airport, how many Americans are are immediately yelling, "Oh, Shooter McGavin!" Right? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, that's yeah, one hundred percent. And the only reason I couldn't, so I I agree, and I think he's he's a a fine, if not perfect, number one pick. Um, the only reason I couldn't get behind it is is just the the true evil factor, right? Like he's not wicked necessarily. He's not evil. He's just kind, kind of an idiot who happens to be the opposition, and and he's really, really good at being the. Idiot. I think he, the intent, his intent, the character's intent, not the the, not the movie's intent, but the character's intent is for him to be the the wicked evil type that would land him on my number one, but um, he just he falls short of that, and it's and it's for sake of comedy. He's a classy buffoon. Yeah, like that's, you think, that's a good way to put it. But he's the character is just so quotable. Like a lot of the quotes from Happy Gilmore. I was thinking about this when I was kind of typing stuff up. He's going against peak Sandler. Like Sandler's never been better than the Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, you know, Big Daddy. That that one hundred percent. I mentioned Hubie Halloween was severely underwhelmed. So. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, <laughs> but uh, like, and you know, obviously, like I am, you know, Sandler and Uncut Gems was astounding. But this is, com- this is Sandler's like comedic peak, and Christopher McDonald in every scene, he is the the he's what you remember from almost all those scenes. He steals pretty much every scene that he and Sandler share. You can argue that it is Mc, it is Christopher McDonald's movie. That was quite a show you put on today, Gilmore. You were the talk of the tournament. Wow, thanks a lot. Yeah, well, you really crushed that ball off the tee, I'll tell you what. You know, you'd be something in one of those long drive contests. Yeah, you could probably make a very good living traveling around, hustling at driving ranges. Thanks, Phil. That's, 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 you know, I know what you're doing right now, mm. and I don't like it. So why don't you just shut your trap before I put my foot in it? Don't turn your back on me. Let's get one thing straight. This is Shooter's tour. I've worked hard my whole life, paid my dues, and now it's Shooter's turn. And Shooter's not about to let his reign at the top be spoiled by some freak sideshow clown. You could. And even, like, you could make the argument that the scene absent him, or absent of him, 
that is the best next best is Bob Barker's. <laughs> like you, you don't even get to a Sandler scene until you're, you know, it, it maybe tenth best scene of the movie. <laughs> you know, you could also argue that the Jackass guy, you could put him on an honorable mention list <laughs> yeah, for sports movie yeah. villains. Like he definitely gets his worth. But uh, <laughs> Shooter McGavin, just all the, you know, he he's the most quotable part of this movie. He is, I mean, he it's a it's a parody of David Sims when you really think about it. <laughs> it is. It is. They're like he's a uh a comedic version of the the Dave Sims um Patrick Reed prototype. Yeah. I am uh God, it makes me just want to watch Happy Gilmore, but I, I will say <laughs> you, you mentioned a couple you mentioned that you were gonna have a couple of, of golf villains. Um I'm not surprised not to hear this, but for whatever reason, my mind went to Judge Smales from Caddyshack. <laughs> I thought about Judge Smales, but like, so the thing was like, Smales sucks. Like he's <laughs> right. just, I mean, he's just a bummer of a dude, but Cat, he, he's instead, when I think of Caddyshack, I don't think of Smales as much as I think of Bill Murray and Chevy Chase and Rodney I think Dangerfield. That's a, yeah. I think that's a, a good defense. He's like, not having him there. he's clear fourth billing for me in that movie versus it's, when I think of all three of these movies, when I think of Dodgeball and Tin Cup and Happy Gilmore, I, I think of those guys first or second every time. And I think maybe it's it's the way those were written, because Happy Gilmore is clearly set up to be happy versus shooter. Dodgeball is clearly set up to be Goodman versus LaFleur, or, or vice versa, as LaFleur is the good guy, right? And Tin Cup very clearly McAvoy versus Sims. Um, at least it ultimately gets to that point, right? And they've got their their battles internally along the way. Whereas Caddyshack, it's a little bit more of a sort of a potpourri with character-wise. And um, yeah, Smales sucks, but you're right. He's He's not even one of the first two or three people I think of. Yeah. Yeah, well, Darren, I think we put together a good list. Might have to throw out something on the on the social media. Let the listeners decide. I like but- it. I will say, as we were as we were doing this, I thought of one more that I probably would have as an honorable mention. Oh yeah, hit me with it. The Monstars from oh, Space Jam. Fuck yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's, uh, that's I, I don't know how one. I didn't think of them before, but as we were, I don't even know what would have made that register in my mind but as we were talking through it i was like oh they gotta be they gotta be on my list so if unofficially at least we're gonna add the monsters to my honorable mention technically charles barkley sports movie villain charles barkley's talent <laughs> yeah sports charles barkley's villain. talent <laughs> uh darren this was a blast as always uh, tell the folks again where they can find you and where they can check out the tubby smith show yeah, so uh, I'm on Twitter at Darren Vaught. I'm at the same handle on Instagram, but I'm bad at Instagram, so Twitter's probably best. Um, the Tubby Smith Show debuting this week. We're releasing the pilot episode on Friday. Um, is going to be on all platforms that you get your podcasts. If you see one or if you use one that you don't see it on, just reach out at Darren Vaught again, harass me, and we'll make sure we get it there. Should be a lot of fun. 
legendary college basketball coach, Tubby Smith, just going to be chopping it up with other coaches, and I'm going to be there to get a, a word in here and there. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what people think about it. And then for, for covering the bases for USA Baseball, we've got a new episode coming out this week. Uh, Kansas City Royals top prospect Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be on. Well, I'm definitely going to be tuning into that. Uh, Darren, I've, I've said before, I love covering the bases. You do a great job. I'm looking forward to the Tubby Smith Show. I'm looking forward to hearing your easy money. Uh, very, very <laughs> jealous about that. Uh, appreciate you coming on this show. If you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate, review. You guys know the drill. A fun bonus episode coming at you later this week, but regardless, episodes of Big Screen Sports drop every Monday. So we'll catch you then. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.